This is the day that the Lord has made. Sunday in Advent. We'll follow our service received on the way in, beginning on page three. Uh, we'll be in divine service three, I believe, from service book, hidden numbers 333, 344, 348, 347, and 341. Let us rise for the confession of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord. Let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father. Beseech you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Amen. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sins. Let us kneel and proceed in confession.
Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Thank you. 
Gentile hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. To rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Today you'll be able to memorize the sermon word for word. When you go home, you'll be able to take the sermon with you fully memorized. Don't doubt yourself. You can do it. Now, I'm not talking about my sermon, but John the Baptist's sermon. God's prophets often are men of few words. The prophet Jonah, once God's whale convinced him to do it, preached this rousing sermon to the people of Nineveh. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. Apparently short sermons can be effective. Eight words in English, just four words in Hebrew, and the people of Nineveh believed God 
and repent. John the Baptist is also brief in his wilderness preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Nine words in English, seven in Greek. When the people confess their sins and are baptized in the Jordan River, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We learn in Matthew 4 that Jesus also uses this same simple message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is a short enough sermon that you have already memorized it. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There are not many words, but the words carry a lot of freight. Repent means to turn, to turn away from sin and evil and unbelief and turn to God. People come from all around to hear John's message and respond by repenting and being baptized in the Jordan. Others do not repent. The religious leaders, the Pharisees and Sadducees, come out to John's baptism, and John questions their repentance because John knows that these people trust their lineage. They are children of Abraham, God's chosen people. But do they fear, love, and trust in God above all things? Do they love God and love their neighbor? Do they know that they are, by nature, sinful and unclean? Do they show the fruit of good works flowing from faithful repentance? John warns them, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. He says, even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This word, repent, it's devastating to your ego. To repent means to admit that you have a problem. To repent means to admit that you're not perfect. To repent means to admit that you're wrong. To repent means that you admit you're not independent. You cannot do it on your own. To repent means turning from selfishness to selflessness. Too easily and too often you walk the wrong path. You do the wrong things. You follow the false gods of your own feelings and ideas. The call to repent knocks you flat and leaves you gasping for air because you know the truth about yourself. And the truth is not pretty. Repent. Repent, however, is not the end of the story. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom. The domain of the king. And who is the king? God is king. Jesus is king. The kingdom is where Jesus does his Jesusing. It is where Jesus reigns as Lord. The kingdom of heaven is the reign. The rule of God in Jesus. God in flesh, God with us. The kingdom of God is not a place. It is an action. It is the activity of kingly rule. God is beginning to act. God is coming near. The long-expected Messiah of God is at work in the world. His rule, his reign, his authority has come. How does King Jesus rule? He rules in humble service and sacrifice. He reigns by lifting up repentant sinners, washing them clean and clothing them in the robe of his own righteousness. King Jesus rules by connecting to the sins of the world in his baptism in the Jordan River. Jesus rules by becoming sin for you. And dying on the cross to pay for your sins. He rules by saving sinners 
and bringing them into his kingdom. King Jesus rules in humble service and sacrifice. But make no mistake, don't be fooled by his humility. Jesus is king. Repent, for the gracious reign of God is here. Repent, for the glorious reign of God is coming. The complete, total reign of God is coming when Jesus will return in glory and ultimate authority and the fruitless trees will be cut down and thrown into the fire. On that day, Jesus will gather the good wheat and bring you into his barn, into the heavenly city to live with him forever. The fruitless chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Be brutally honest about who you are. Know yourself. Know you are indeed a poor, miserable sinner. Know you are by nature sinful and unclean. Know you are poor in spirit. And know King Jesus' promise to you. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You, poor in spirit, repentant sinners, yours is, present tense, yours is the kingdom of heaven. You are right now in the reign of King Jesus. Jesus is your Lord and Master. And this truth is hard on your independent, rebellious side that wants to be in charge, but this truth is truly wonderful. Despite what rebellious you thinks, what a relief it is to know that you're not in charge. It's hard for children to live in a house where there's constant turmoil and tension and rules are unclear and they're always changing. It's troubling when parents threaten punishment but don't follow through or when a parent ignores the rules sometimes and other times comes down severely for the same offense and the kids end up walking on eggshells, not knowing what's acceptable and what's not. Children do better when rules are clear and parents follow through when rules are broken. With Jesus as king, you have a good ruler with consistent rules and abundant grace and mercy. And this is a great blessing. You are subject to King Jesus. You submit to his authority. You don't have to figure out what's right and wrong. You don't have to make the hard decisions. You're not the judge. You just live out God's commands under Jesus' rule and authority. Love God and love your neighbor. Life is still hard. You still live in a sinful world. The devil, the world, and your own sinful nature will continue to, to try to separate you from King Jesus. You'll struggle mightily still with sin and temptation, so you continue to listen to John the Baptist, and you continue to repent, for the reign of Jesus is at hand. You are in the gracious reign of Jesus, who forgives you all your sins, and you wait for Jesus to return. For now, Jesus is being patient. He wants all people to be saved. And this can lead some to grow weary of waiting and think, Jesus is not king. But know for certain the day is coming when Jesus will complete his rule and come in power and glory to destroy all evil. He'll come in judgment. And he'll separate the wheat from the chaff, the sheep from the goats, the fruitful from the fruitless. In Christ, you are wheat. You are sheep. You are fruitful. Do not let the devil lure you out from the reign of Jesus. You have been delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of Jesus, in whom you have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You are a subject of King Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. Now, 
in its glorious incompleteness, and forever in his total, complete glory. And so you pray, thy kingdom come. In his catechism, Martin Luther explains, what does this mean? The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. You pray here that Jesus is your ruler and you submit to his reign. How does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. You are safe in Jesus' kingdom for eternity. As you live your life in the light of Jesus' gracious kingdom, surrounded by evil and darkness, remember your kingdom is not of this world. Remember you belong to Jesus. Remember Jesus is coming soon. So each day when you're tempted to think you can do it on your own, when you're tempted to think Jesus is not in charge, remember John the Baptist's sermon. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. And now in the peace of God, the peace that is beyond understanding, keep your hearts and minds in true faith until our Lord Jesus returns in glory. We rise and confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.
that God will continually feed her with his word and sacraments as she looks for Christ's return. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church, that pastors will continually prepare the way for Jesus' return in glory by preaching law and gospel, and that congregations would hear their words in faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For families, that they would faithfully fulfill their vocations to love and forgive one another, even as they grow in the fear, love, and trust of the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For civil authorities, that they would govern with justice and righteousness, as leaders appointed by God to protect the innocent, punish the wicked, and work for the common welfare of us all. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and suffering, especially me, Roxanne, Ruth, Holly, Danielle, Jill, Joni, Jim, Barb, Don, Pat, Kenneth, and Kate. But as the day draws near when the wolf will dwell alongside the lamb, and pain and destruction will be no more, God would grant them patience, comfort, and healing according to his will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who communion this day, that their hearts would be stirred up to make ready the way of the Lord Jesus, who comes in his body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Grant, Heavenly Father, that we may be cast in joy and sustained in hope through every trouble and trial of this mortal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
proclaiming the promised Messiah, the very Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and calling sinners to repentance, that they might escape from the wrath to be revealed when he comes again in glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we long and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying,
Christ strengthen you and preserve you in true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. Your sins are forgiven. Now and forever. 